10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Literary Podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and it is my very good honor to welcome you in for another episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed the interviews the last couple of weeks with Clay, with Rich, and with uh, Delegate Wilson. It was such a tremendous honor to be able to bring all three of those gentlemen on and give them the opportunity to share their opinions, kind of have some back and forth. Um, and have a different voice for you guys to be able to listen to than mine all the time. I get sick of listening to myself all the time, so I'm sure you guys do too. Um, but I really enjoyed being able to bring those gentlemen on and and share some differences of opinion. You know, Clay and, and Delegate Wilson and I are kind of on the same page for the most part. Um, Rich and I are fairly well on the same page, but we have a lot of different ideas as to how things can be approached and what... Um, in terms of our most pressing concerns is the most important, you know, as I'm sure you gathered from Rich. You know, it's the $24 trillion debt with him. Um, right now, for me, it's the abuse of the Constitution. Um, and, and Rich is a constitutionalist as well, as he said. Um, but I, I think that it's healthy to hear from other people who have different priorities during this time. And I, I don't really think anybody is wrong right now. I don't think the people that are concerned about the virus are wrong. I don't think the people that are concerned about the Constitution are wrong. I don't think the people that are concerned about the debt are wrong. You know, they're all very major, very pressing issues that are extremely important, um, as you all well know. And I want to give you guys the opportunity, as I've said from the beginning, you know, from the time I created this show, I don't want this show to be about my voice. I want it to be about our voice. Um, on pretty much every show, I, I ask you to contact me and give me your feedback, um, especially if you disagree with me. One of the things that I like to do on a daily basis is spend some time discussing a topic with someone more intelligent than I am who disagrees with me. Um, fortunately, those people are in very large supply. I don't think I will ever run out of them. Um, you know, I'm a fairly intelligent guy, but there are many, many more intelligent than I am. And there are plenty of people who disagree with the very staunch opinions that I hold. And I think that's a very healthy thing for all of us. Um, and if you guys are in that position, you know, if, if you think I'm looking at this all the wrong way, by all means, let me know. Let me know on the, the Facebook page, Treehouse Liberty Podcast. Let me know on Twitter, at Treehouse1776. Send me an email, J.D. Fornwalt, J.D., F is in Frank, O-R-N is in Nancy, W-A-L-T is in Tom, at Gmail. Um, I would love to hear from you, especially if you disagree with me. I think it's important that we get all voices out there and give people an opportunity to make their own decision about how they feel. You know, depending on what uh, radio talk shows you might listen to or other podcasts, a lot of times they're kind of one-sided and you, you hear one voice. Um, and that's okay. You know, if that works for that, those people, then that's wonderful. Um, but the way I approach this is 
I want to put as much information out there as humanly possible and let my extremely intelligent listeners make their own decisions. Um, I have no interest in attempting to tell anybody else what to think. You know, you guys know I express my opinions very strongly. Um, but nobody's going to tell me what to think, and I don't expect to, to do that with you guys, and I don't want to. Um, but I, I need to get into something that is really bothering me right now. And I should probably apologize up front. This show is, is not going to be one of the more positive shows that I've done. And, you know, that, that's another reason I've tried to do some interviews here recently is because I had felt myself kind of getting bogged down in some of the things that are going on. And I wanted to kind of freshen things up and not allow me to um, express my frustration quite as much with some of the things that I'm concerned about. But this week, there's no choice. I mean, there's just flat out no choice. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, I haven't seen it on any national news or any national uh, format, um, but the guy in New York City, black man in New York City, who was knee struck, knocked down, punched in the ribs, slapped in the face, and drug across the pavement for the crime of standing too close to his girlfriend as they were leaving a store in New York. <sighs> Where do you even start with that? You know, this is the United States of America where our priorities are supposed to be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I assume this guy was pretty happy he went to whatever store he and his girlfriend needed to go to, whatever's open up there, probably a deli or something, I would guess. But, um, <laughs> but, but their pursuit of happiness um, gets stopped because, you know, they're within fewer than six feet of each other. Now... I don't know about you and your significant others, um, but I, I would hope that when you're home, at some point, you're within you know less than six feet of each other. It's kind of crucial to have a good relationship to do that occasionally, um, you know. But to to see this man roughed up the way he was for committing literally no crime—I mean, literally no crime—standing too close to his girlfriend—are you kidding me? Um, and he was actually caught by New York City's new social distancing enforcement team. So, yes, there is apparently a team in New York City now that goes around and arrests people for standing too close to each other. I know New York City was affected by this virus in a way that, let's face it, no other area in the country was. I get the alarm. I get panic to an extent. I can almost understand that. What I can understand is literally beating Americans for not committing a crime. You know, any other time a black suspect beaten by a white police officer for no reason is national news for at least a week, at least. And it should be. But with this COVID situation, this gets no attention whatsoever. I've seen it posted a couple of times on Facebook from local New York City news outlets. Um, but I, I haven't seen any national news network pick it up. The same is true for black lady who is walking her dog on a beach in San Diego. She gets put on her face in the sand by three white police officers for the crime of walking her dog. Now, again, this is one of those stories that would have been front page. It would have led the nightly news. It would have been all over the place. 
you know, we probably would have had riots. And now our national media, which you guys know I call the Democrat propaganda wing, isn't even paying attention to these things. And furthermore, they're attempting to draw attention away from this because of the two freaking rednecks that chased this kid down while he was jogging and shot him. You know, so it's like they're they're doing their best to use a story that can create racial division, you know, and take attention away from the fact that the true enemy right now is our mutual oppressor, our governments. Black Americans are not my enemy. I hope I'm not theirs. You know, I, I hate the fact that we even have to say black American, white American, Asian American, you know, whatever it is. No. Get rid of the hyphens. We're Americans. And I promise you, folks, if you put that New York City story and you put that San Diego story as the first piece done on the nightly, nightly news for a week, you're going to see any racial division between Americans go away. We're going to realize that, hey, you know what? Damn it. We didn't realize it before this. We over here in white America, but it looks like we're in this shit together. And that's the way it should be. You know, and it's not just happening to black people. I'm sure you guys heard about the lady in Dallas that opened her salon and she wouldn't bend her knee to the judge. So she actually ended up getting sentenced to seven days. I think she finally did end up getting released today. So I think she did two days. Um, but it's like she went to jail for the crime of trying to feed her children. So it's like crimes, if you're keeping track so far, are standing too close to your girlfriend, walking your dog, and trying to feed your kids. These are what these are the crimes that these people are being arrested for in the United States of America. Not Soviet Russia, not Nazi Germany, not communist China. In the United States of America. Staying in Texas. I don't know if you heard about the armored vehicle uh, that showed up at a bar that opened down there. And in this case, Texas is an open carry state. In this case, um, the patrons, some of the patrons were outside and had AR-15 type weapons slung over their shoulders. You know, sidearm on their hip, maybe they were armed. Which in Texas you're allowed to be. And the state police down there swooped in, in their armored, armored car, armored truck, whatever the hell it was, drew down on these people, disarmed them, closed the business, and arrested the bar owner. So it's like, here we are again. You know, go ahead and add uh, legally open, openly carrying a weapon in an open carry state, and again, opening your business. And those are the crimes that those people committed. All of these things have really gotten under my skin and really bothered me and frankly, pretty much make me sick. But I had a personal experience with this this week too. Monday evening at 10 o'clock, my front door, bang, 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 bang. All right, that's a cop knock. So I turn the light on and I look out Sure enough, I can see one trooper, and I can see another guy in a uniform that I couldn't really recognize. And I opened the door, and I stepped outside. Turns out there were five officers there. 
five officers. One in regular state police uniform, Maryland State Police. One in what was basically a TAC uniform, all black, Maryland State Police. And three others that had it on cargo pants and bulletproof vests that just said police on them. I don't know if they were all from the same agency or not. Five guys surrounding me on my front porch. The gentleman in the, the black tactical outfit told me that they were investigating a threat against Maryland Governor Hogan. Now look, I am a loudmouth. I am obnoxious. I, quite frankly, am an asshole sometimes. I speak my mind. I don't hold anything back. But something else that I don't ever do is threaten anyone. Be they an elected official, be they a quote-unquote normal person, be they my ex-wife. I don't threaten people, and I don't go looking to hurt people. If I use any kind of violence, I can promise you it's in self-defense. And I've had to do that a few times in my life. Who hasn't? But I, I don't threaten people. And I told him that. And I told him that I thought it was really odd that they all showed up the day after I sent Larry Hogan, our governor, an email asking him to resign and laying out the parts of the Constitution that he had violated and other laws that he had violated. I also forwarded that letter to the United States Attorney General's office because he has violated the Constitution. And just oddly enough, the very next day, you know, here comes what basically looks like a Maryland State Police SWAT team to investigate me for a threat against the governor. Now let's think about this. If I was going to threaten the governor, am I going to do it in an email to him that I also send to the United States Attorney General's office? Probably not. And I explained to the officer, and I have to admit that these guys were all very professional. Um, the gentleman in the tactical uniform, you know, who did all the speaking to me, he, he heard me out. He listened to what I had to say. And that's what I told him. You know, he, he said that the threats apparently were made in Facebook posts. And I told him the same thing that I just said. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. You know, but I don't threaten anyone. I have no desire to use violence to achieve political goals. It's terrorism. But I explained to him that the First Amendment is being absolutely butchered. And as someone who has worn two different uniforms and twice taken an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, I can't sit back and watch that happen and be quiet. And I won't. I mean, think about this. He even looked, he had a, a list of my posts on his phone, and he even went down through them and said, oh, that's not a threat, that's not a threat, that's not a threat. I guess it was just the combination. Yeah, the combination of free speech, I, I thought I was allowed to do that. Um, but these guys were sent to intimidate me, plain and simple. If I had threatened the governor, let's think about this. If I had threatened the governor, my front door would have been kicked in. They would have had arrest and search warrants. They knew I didn't threaten the governor. They absolutely knew I did not threaten him. 
they were there to intimidate me because I do speak freely. And as I told the officer, you know, not only is my freedom of speech gone, I have the right to peaceably assemble, First Amendment. I can't do that if there's more than nine people right now. Freedom of religion. If I wanted to go to church, can I? The freedom to petition your government for address of grievances. My email was a grievance. Got me cops at my door. And I told the officers, too, that I'm sad for them. And I am. You know, they're being sent to enforce completely unconstitutional laws and orders. And to his credit, the guy in the attack uniform actually nodded when I said that. I think I struck a chord. I think he may have some concerns about the things that he's being asked to do. He might have had concerns about talking to me. He knew I didn't threaten the governor. And like I said, when I asked to see the threats, he couldn't produce anything. He even told me these aren't threats. They left without giving me so much as a warning. Not so much as a warning. Which I take as full and complete vindication. It doesn't make me feel any better. But that's vindication. And the other thing that really bothered me about this situation was that one of these officers was within six feet of me the entire time. A second was within six feet of me most of the time. Not one of the five officers that showed up had any PPE on whatsoever. No masks, no gloves, no nothing. So it's like if you're going to be out there monitoring people, you know, during an alleged pandemic, you'd think you'd kind of want to put some of that stuff on and not endanger the citizen that you're going to talk to. But I guess it's okay for them to completely disregard what the governor says. Um, since then, I have absolute proof that my computer has been monitored, um, Facebook and other apps that I use. Um, Facebook has been the most noticeable one. Um, when I get a notification from somebody, I'll go, <clears throat> pardon me, I'll go look, look at it, comment on it, whatever. And a couple hours later, the same notification pops up. So what's going on is that when they get into my computer with their computer and they get done pissing around and looking at everything, whenever they leave, my computer thinks I haven't seen those notifications and they pop back up. Um, I'm about 90% sure I got tailed on the way home last night. Um, there was a vehicle behind me driving kind of erratically and... Where I get off the interstate to go home, it's kind of a Y intersection. And I was going down slowly, and this person started to turn to the right, and I was going straight to make the left-hand turn. Well, at the very last second, this car swerved over back behind me and kept on going. And as I got close to the house, I needed air in one of my tires. I stopped at a local convenience store. This person follows me into the parking lot and actually pulls behind my car and stops as I'm waiting to get out of the car and get air. And at this point, I'm pretty concerned. Um, 
as I opened my door, they backed up quickly and went to one of the gas pumps and started getting gas. Um, and I got my air and I left. I, of course, did write down the tag number before I left, but I don't feel safe. Um, and I don't feel safe because I speak freely. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. You know, I have a grandfather who was first wave Omaha Beach. My dad served in the Navy. I spent some very humble time in the Army. You know, my family has been very much God family country for generation after generation. And here I am in the United States of America, and I can't speak freely. It scares me. It really does. Not so much for my personal safety. I've lived a good life, folks. You know, when it's my time to check out, it's my time to check out. And I frankly don't care how it happens, to be honest. I'd rather it not be today. But I don't worry about me. I worry about you. I worry about the 330 million other people out there who aren't safe. I worry about the 330 million other people out there that can't speak freely. I worry about the 330 million people out there who don't have a constitution anymore. The United States Supreme Court decided against lifting Pennsylvania's restrictions today. Unanimously. The Supreme Court has one job. And that's to determine whether something's constitutional or not. You know what the Supreme Court did today? They made fascism constitutional. And it's sad, because half the idiots out there don't understand anything about what's going on right now. Their little talk box tells them that, you know, there's this invisible monster that's going to kill them, so they have to do whatever, everything the government tells them to do. And they do. I mean, it's like, we don't start to turn this stuff around real soon, we're going to lose it all, folks. We're going to lose it all. We're going to lose everything that those men at Independence Hall signed their lives away for. We're going to lose everything that those men at Valley Forge froze to death and starved for. You know, back then, we had a bunch of farmers that kicked the ever-loving hell out of the world's only superpower at the time so that we could have our rights, so that we could live in this great American experiment, so we could become the greatest country God's ever seen in 240 years. And we're going to turn around and piss it away because of a virus? You've got to be kidding me. Now, the good news is that apparently I'm important enough to intimidate and try to silence. So I guess I should be grateful for the compliment from Das Führer down in Annapolis. And if the truth I present is this much of a, a thorn in the side of government to let me speak freely, I'm in a damn good place. Damn good place. And I must be right, otherwise they wouldn't care. And I wouldn't dare compare myself to her, but how many times have we seen regular, average, ordinary Americans stand up and change the frickin' world? Rosa Parks. Just a normal person. Decided she had had enough of the bullshit. No, sir, I will not go sit in the back of your bus. Leads to the bus boycott. Leads to a civil rights revolution. 
because she wouldn't sit where she was told. Calm insurrection and peaceful civil disobedience to the infringement on our liberty is not a right, it is our requirement. When our rights are trampled, we are required to disobey. Don't take my word for it. Take Thomas Jefferson's in the Declaration of Independence. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, he was talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their safety and happiness. Folks, your, your government doesn't belong to the President of the United States or the Senate or the Congress or the Supreme Court or your governor or your state legislatures or your mayor or your city council. It belongs to you. It is yours. They derive their power from the consent of the governed. That is you. That's you. So you tell me. You tell me. Do you consent to this? Do you consent to being ordered to stay home? Is that preserving your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit? How about being forced to close your business or go to jail? Life, liberty, pursuit? Being arrested for standing too close to your girlfriend. Life, life, liberty, pursuit. Being shoved face down in the sand for walking your dog. Life, liberty, pursuit. State police intimidation for speaking freely. And I can say that is not in accordance with my views on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And like I said, I don't feel safe. I, I know I'm being electronically spot on. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I was tailed by a complete idiot last night. Fuhrer Hogan's Gestapo has already showed up and tried to intimidate me. And I know they can fabricate whatever they want. They can change my posts. They can make them up. And I already feel like a, a slave or a prisoner. I, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder right now. I don't feel safe. But one thing that I do have, this podcast is on eight different platforms. And again today, I have spoken out for the people and for the rights that our founders intended us to have. Hogan's Gestapo can make me disappear if they want to. Like I said, I feel like my safety is in extreme jeopardy. But even if I disappear, my voice will live on. And some small part of it will be echoed in yours. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so very much for your time. And I apologize that this show wasn't 
my usual show. I'm not in my usual frame of mind, and you understand why at this point. I'm hoping that next week we can um, get back to a better place. Maybe I'll have somebody else that wants to share how they feel about what's going on right now. I, I love to hear you, from you guys. I can't stress that to you enough. Whatever way you choose, please get in touch with me. Support, criticism, arguments. I want to hear it all. And I don't care who you are. I will give you the opportunity to make your voice heard on this show no matter what you have to say. You have my word on that. If you want to come on here for the full half an hour and tell me what an idiot I am and how I need to just shut up and listen, that's fine. We'll do that. Because like I said, this isn't my show. This is our show. Like I said at the top, you can contact me a couple of different ways. Treehouse of Liberty Podcast on Facebook. Also on Twitter, at Treehouse1776. And my personal email, JD, F as in Frank, O-R, N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom, at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Treehouse of Liberty Podcast. I am always your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so much for joining me. Stay safe and take care.